Hello, everyone. Welcome to the second episode of the Bodhi Cognition Podcast. My name is Drew Vamlani. And my name is Arjun Khalid. And we would like to welcome Dave Adia, who is a recent graduate from the University of South California. He, he interned with uh, both Amazon and Bloomberg. Mr. Adia currently works as a software engineer for Bloomberg and was nice enough to join us today. Welcome, Mr. Adia. Good morning. Thank you for having me. When did you realize programming was something you wanted to pursue? Um, yeah, okay. So that's a good question. Um, it's not something I really uh, thought about much, like going into college. Um, but I didn't really know what I wanted to study. And um, I was really interested in like finance and stocks and stuff. So I thought it would be cool to um, build a sort of program that would help me uh, pick what stock to buy, what stock to sell, sort of. Um, and I thought the easiest way to do this was to just learn how to learn how to code. So I took the first coding class and it was, it was fun and I enjoyed it. And even though I did build this program that helped me buy and sell stocks, it was a terrible program. It didn't make me any money, but it uh, sort of just sparked my interest. And then once I understood, you know, more about the field, um, I really started to enjoy it. And so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I feel like a lot of kids, like, uh, like you said, you didn't really know what you, uh, you wanted to go- do going into college. So, like, what advice do you have for uh, these people that don't know, like, what field they want to go into? Hmm. That's a good question. I I don't know if I have very good advice for that. But I would say, like, you got to sort of um, look at what you're good at, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I was, I was, like, good at math and science and those kinds of subjects. I was also like okay at like history and things like that, but I didn't really like enjoy it as much as I saw other people enjoying it. I was, you know, like sort of in my zone in, you know, the maths and the sciences. And so I, I think you should do what you're good at because it's fun to sort of win and to sort of be good at it. You don't want to constantly be like struggling. Um, Then it's probably not the right fit. So, So that's one thing you can look at sort of what you're good at. Um, and you should also probably look at like what makes money. Like it sounds kind of dumb, but like, um, I don't really think like, I think everything at the end of the day is sort of like, it's, you're not gonna, you're not gonna like enjoy life if you're kind of like struggling to find a job or something like that. So you should kind of pick something where like, okay, you know, you can definitely get employed in this field because, um, that's going to help you grow. Like you don't want to just be sort of like, I don't know, some kind of struggling artist for your entire life because um, that's kind of frustrating and it's very uh, expensive to go to college nowadays. So you have to look at it also as an investment, right? Mm -hmm. You can, you can do like your hobbies and your passions while, while also like having a legitimate career. Um, That's not to say you shouldn't like, pursue what you're interested in right like I like comedy and I, I do stand-up comedy so I don't think it's I don't think you can just like just because you pick a major doesn't mean you have to completely ignore other things you're interested in but it's useful to pick something as your major that you're good at that you can get a career in that you can sort of establish yourself as like an employed person for the first few years um, and then and then in like and then you can sort of uh 
meld in other interests, right? Like, so, you know, if I'm interested in finance and stuff like that, I don't necessarily have to have a finance degree. Mm. I can sort of combine the two fields. So I think one, yeah, do something that you're very, that you're interested in, but you don't have to be like totally in love with it, but you, you have to enjoy it. And then um, something you're also good at. And I think everyone's good at something. I don't think it's, <laughs> some people are like, oh, I'm not good at anything. But like, I think everyone's good at something. And yeah. so you got to find what you're good at. And you have, if you haven't found it yet, that's okay. You just kind of got to try a bunch of different things. And eventually you'll find something you're like really good at that you enjoy. And um, that's probably a good spot to start. Okay. So you talk about the code that you made for your um, stocks and things like that. So sure. you talked about how it failed. Is that what really sparked your interest into getting into software engineering and coding? Like, like you failing, you wanted to keep on trying to make the improve the code and make it work. Is that what sparked your interest? Mm, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say that was what sparked my interest. I I sort of think uh, in software engineering, there's and computer science. It's kind of uh, it's one of the, the fields with like the lowest barriers to entry. Um, so like in if you were to become just like take a step back and say like, okay, if I were to want to solve cancer or, or become a cancer researcher, there is a huge barrier to entry. You sort of have to understand all these little basic concepts of science first and then intermediate concepts. And then, then maybe you can get to the point where you can become a cancer researcher um, and you can sort of research in a lab and, and be part of the industry. And that might require a, uh, a bachelor's degree and a master's degree, maybe a PhD. I don't know some 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 lengthy level of education to get to the level where you can actually be a significant contributor in the sort of lab. Um, and that's one example. But but in computer science, you're sort of um, you can you can be a contributor within like I think probably like three or four months of learning computer science, you can do that. Okay. So there's a very low barrier to entry, and so that sort of made me excited because. I can sort of start uh, writing code and building programs really quickly and I can see my results. So I, I like building things. So I think if I were into computer scientist, I'd be like a construction worker because I love building things. Okay. So in computer science, you can build things quickly and you don't really need to understand everything. You can just understand a few basic concepts and get started very fast. So after high school, what major did you choose when you applied for the University of Southern California? Yeah, so I was a math and economics major at USC first, um, but I, I did zero math and economics major classes. I uh, switched my major before I even started college there, and that was mostly because I didn't really um, understand how applying for a major worked. I sort of just picked random things, and, <laughs> and I applied it to USC in like 15 minutes. I didn't really spend too much time on their application. I just applied on the last day and yeah, I, I never really intended on going there. Um, so yeah, I just picked a random major that I was like, Oh, that sounds interesting. Right. Like based on what I've said so far, I was in interested in stocks and stuff. So it's like math and economics sounds cool. Um, but then when I actually like looked at it, I was like, okay, no, I'm not that interested in this. I'd rather do something else. So do you see this? Like there were a lot of people that are applying, like they, do people tend to change their majors or do they just stick to what they got? And for the people who like have second thoughts about their majors, do you encourage them to just change the major to the thing they like or just stick to what they have? Hmm. Hmm. I, I don't know. It, it's hard for me without looking at like data to be like, 
a lot of people are changing their major, a lot of people aren't. I'd say the people that did really well in high school, they tend to like stick to their major um, because they're sort of on this like very, uh, how would I say it? Like uh, they sort of got this like 10 year plan in their head, you know, cause they, they were really good in high school and they were probably like really good in middle school. And they were, and then they go, they go to like USC or like some other school. And then they've also got this like five-year plan, like, oh, I want to work at Google in five years and I want to work at this company. And so they've got this sort of long-term plan. And so they never really reconsider the steps within that plan. And so they never change their major. They never even consider that. Um, and I wouldn't say that's a good thing at all. It's probably a terrible thing. Um, and then there's people that are like, okay, in high school and, even if you did well in high school, but you're just sort of like, you don't have this 10 year plan, right? Like I don't have any, I don't even know what I'm doing next week. And so I'm constantly like changing what I'm thinking. I'm constantly like reevaluating. And I think that's what led me to change my major. But I think if you don't like your major, one of the easiest things to do is to sort of just take one class in the other major, right? Like take, just take one thing that semester and then, switch because if you lose one semester it's not a big deal but if you lose like two or three semesters that sort of puts you back in like your college career um so yeah you should switch if you're considering because there is a reason why you're considering and some people switch between like very similar majors and it's not that big of a switch and some people will switch like big changes um but i noticed that people who were going to switch who thought about it for several semesters eventually did switch and they sort of wasted a year or two. Um, so, yeah. So what major do you switch to after switching? Sure. Yeah. So I was originally math and economics and then my, the major I switched to was computer engineering and computer science. That's like the full title. Um, yeah. So uh, you talked about that one class you um, you said when you were switching. So what, was there like that one class you did take when you switched or you, you just ended up like switching and took multiple classes? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's a good question. I At USC, there was this rule where if you wanted to switch from sort of an arts and sciences major, which is what I was, math and economics, I would have to go to the engineering school to go to do my other degree. And if you wanted to do the switch, from different schools within USC, there was more requirements. So to do the switch, I had to take two engineering classes and a math class in one semester and get at least a B or something like that. And then that would, um, and then I maybe have like write some essay or something, but like that, that would be considered as like my switching application because I hadn't applied into the engineering school. So that's something to think about, right? Like you have to read, what these schools are. So some schools are very flexible where you can sort of switch really easily. And some schools are like less flexible, where like kind of like USC and some schools don't let you switch at all. So it's really important to look at that when you're sort of picking the major that you apply to college with. And I didn't really realize this because my brother's school, I sort of just looked at what my brother did and kind of just copied him to a degree. And I saw that he was able to switch between majors like willy nilly. I think he switched his major like three or four times. And um, it didn't matter if it was an engineering major or not. So I didn't really think this, I didn't really know about this sort of situation because his school didn't really care. My school sort of cared a little bit. And then there's schools on the total end of the spectrum that like won't let you switch at all. So 
So I had to take two engineering classes and a math class, but I'd say one of those engineering classes, which was like an embedded systems class, um, that was really cool. So like in my first semester, that was like, that was the class that like hooked me because in my first semester I built like a thermostat and I, and I was like, I didn't even know how to code day one. And, and, you know, 14 weeks later I was building a thermostat, which I think is like really cool, really like, that's just like, just goes to show like how, how low, like I was able to build something. And that was like, where I was like, if I could build a thermostat in, in 14 weeks, I could do so much in four years. And so that sort of sealed the deal for me. So do you have any other colleges in mind when you applied for the University of Southern California? Yeah, I, I applied to a lot of schools. I think I applied to like 20, 20 schools, maybe. Um, I don't necessarily re- recommend applying to so many schools. I think it's a little overkill. Um, I think like 10 or 12 is a good number. Uh, But I applied to like every Ivy League school and I got rejected by all of them. And I applied to a a bunch of different schools like Johns Hopkins, Duke. Um, Those two I I did get into. So it was kind of nice. In a way, it's like good to apply to 20 because you don't know which school is going to take you. Like, ah, you know, it's kind of like, I think my dad has uh, says this, but like it's it's a good analogy. It's like it's like trying to like ask a girl out. Like yeah, you might be into the first girl, but like she may not be into you. So you got to ask a few girls out before one of them says yes. Um, and that's a very like like silly way to look at it, but it's it's kind of the same idea, right? Like okay, you yeah. may be in love with Harvard or Princeton, but like there's so many people that want to go to those schools, and there's so few people that get in. And, and you could be like top of your class. It, it doesn't really matter. Um, so it's, it's kind of good to, to have a lot of options. And I applied to a lot of schools. But one thing I would say is one thing I didn't do, which I think would have been smart, is I didn't really do the research on like which schools were good at what stuff. Right. So USC is really good at computer engineering. They're really good at it because it, partly because they're in California. But like Duke and Johns Hopkins are okay at it. I, I think Johns Hopkins is pretty good, but like Duke's engineering school is quite small. And so at the end, I was choosing between those three, Duke, Johns Hopkins, and, and USC. And I ended up choosing USC just because I felt like they had a stronger engineering program. And But what I realized is that of the schools I applied to, like there were maybe like three or four of those kinds of schools that had really strong engineering programs. But if I had just increased that to like 10, maybe I would have had more options at the end. Um, so it's good to look at like what schools are good. Like everybody knows about Duke. And everybody thinks Duke's a great school, but Duke's engineering school is like one or two buildings. And USC's is like 10 buildings. That just shows you like how big the school is and how like many resources you're going to get. So it's important to look at like what major you actually want to do. And that's kind of hard if you don't know your major. But, but even then, sort of like what feel like, okay, do I want to go to a good engineering school or do I want to just go to a good arts and sciences school? Things like that. So did you choose the University of Southern California just because of the engineering and the computer science classes or were there any other reasons you chose to go there? Yeah, that was part of it. But I, I didn't know much about USC. I, I grew up in Florida and... <laughs> In Florida, if you tell someone USC, they think University of South Carolina. So, <laughs> so it was, I'd never heard. I, I honestly, I knew about the football team a little bit. I remember that I knew that the football team was good, but I didn't know anything else about the school. I didn't know anything else about the school. But I was, uh, 
national merit semifinalist or national merit finalist. And um, if you're a national merit finalist at USC, they pay half your tuition. So it was 50% off, which was like pretty nice compared to like Duke and Johns Hopkins, which would have been like full price for me. So I was able to save my parents. Not that I was going to pay it, right? Like my parents were, were, were kind enough to like pay my tuition and like let me live off of them for four more years. But it's kind of nice to save your parents a good chunk of money if you think you're going to get like the same level of education. And in, in USC's case, I thought it was going to be actually like a little better. And I think that's proven out, honestly. At, at Bloomberg, I've seen that like there hasn't been a single topic that's come up in my work where I've been like, I don't know what that is. So, so USC did a good job of like training me for the industry. Um, so I felt like, okay, I was getting a good, a good uh, experience at, uh, in terms of engineering. I was saving some money and being able to attend like a great school. And then the last piece was that it was in LA and I was into comedy. And so I thought maybe I could do something with comedy in LA. And that kind of, that whole trifecta was like, okay, this is a good fit. I don't think it's going to get much better than this. Okay. So what were the financial considerations in deciding for USC versus in-state college? Good question. Yeah, I, I never planned on going to an in-state school. I, I, um, Florida schools are okay. I think they're okay in-state. I think UF is, is pretty good. It, it's, it's decent, um, but they're okay. And I grew up, I grew up in Florida my whole life. So I, I really wanted to leave. <laughs> I, and I think that was, it was a tough thing to leave. It was, it was like, I definitely like struggled in like living in a new place. That's, that's, that's going to happen. But I learned a lot. I learned a lot. And, and when I was able to, when I moved to New York, it was like a lot easier. Like how do I, this is easy. Um, so that's, that's a, that's part of the experience why I wanted to leave. Financially, yeah, I would have, I would have probably had to pay zero to go to an in-state school, um, and instead, instead, I paid like twenty-five thousand a year at USC, so it was it was significantly more. Um, but do I think it was worth it? Yeah, probably, probably. I probably made, I probably made like forty or fifty k more out of college uh, per year. And so you, you make it up, you make it up. Um, So yeah. So, so so like USC is like a target school for Bloomberg. So So describe how much, to describe how much work I had to do to like get it, get a job at Bloomberg. It took me like two and a half days to get the job there. I mean, I had to interview, but like they came to my campus, they interviewed me. Like it was a really fast process and I got this internship and, and it, I think it's paid itself off. I, I mean, maybe you could look at the numbers and be like, oh, it's a little cheaper to go to UF still, even with the higher salary and all this stuff. But it, it did end but up like, working out. So yeah. it, it ended up working out and it's like an experience. And I'm, I was fortunate enough that my parents were going to pay for it. Um, and I think that's one of the, the, the poor perceptions that's out there. That's like USC and like these private schools are really expensive. That's, that's really not the case if you look at it in like the long term, And also I have, I have friends at USC that had their whole tuition paid for just out of financial aid, things like that. So some of these colleges have like really good financial aid, really good scholarships. And 
I think you can make it happen. If you look at it as like, you're only going to college once. Now, now would I, would I spend a hundred thousand dollars to get a history degree? No, <laughs> no, I'm going to be completely honest. I'm like extremely practical that way. Like, I think that would have been a waste of money because I don't think I would have gotten the same career. Like, I think, I, I really don't think I would have gotten like that kind of job out of college, but if I'm spending a, like a hundred thousand dollars to get an engineering degree. Yeah. Okay. Deal. I'll do that. So many kids say like they want to stay as far as away they can from their parents. And I know you went from Florida to USC, which is a big change. So yeah. how was your experience staying far from home, like away from your parents and, you know, away from that, like fresh cooked meals and everything. <laughs> That's a good one. I, it wasn't, I think that was, I think I didn't realize how big of a change it was when I did the change. I was like, oh, it's just a flight. <laughs> I would I, would I have rather been on the East Coast? I think so. I think I would have rather, uh, I think if I were to do it again, so, so, so this is sort of how it went down. I had a month to, to decide. Uh, and it was like three schools. I had did, like didn't know much about so Johns Hopkins Duke and and USC those are like the obvious choices and oh maybe like Vanderbilt was in there too I also got in there so I wish I had not and, and then my dad was like okay you can visit two because it's like a month and we have to fly there so we can visit two so I was like okay that's fair and so USC was there because they had the scholarship. So USC was 50% cheaper than these three other schools, Vanderbilt, Duke, Duke Johns Hopkins. And then, um, and then I chose Duke just because it was like the highest rank of all of these. That was a terrible decision because I went to Duke and I hated it right away. Because <laughs> um, Duke is in this like tiny town. It's a really small town. And that, that was not something I wanted. I wanted to live in like a bigger city. And so it was like a really bad, I did not like Duke at all. And, and some people love Duke, so that's not to say it's a bad school. But for me, it was just not, it was not a good fit for me. And so I wish I had chosen like either Johns Hopkins or Vanderbilt. That way it would have made like a, a closer decision, more competition in the decision. But like once I went to USC, it was like, okay, I'll just go here. <laughs> um, but if I had gone to Johns Hopkins or Vanderbilt, maybe I would have been closer to home. And that would have been nice. So I would say it's okay to go far. It's okay to go far. But maybe like, not four and a half hours far, not like three hour time difference far. That's tough. That's tough. Um, but some people are better at it than others. And I, I struggled a little bit with it. Um, I wouldn't say you should race to leave home. I wouldn't say that. The only reason I left home was because Florida doesn't have super like powerhouse schools. Like if, if I lived in, you guys are what, in Dallas or Houston? Houston. Houston, right? Like, so you guys have Rice, um, Baylor, UT Austin, Baylor. You know, those are three really good schools. I don't know much about Baylor, but I can say that Rice and UT Austin are great schools. Yeah. And so, if I was in, if I was in uh, Texas, I might not leave. I might not leave. I, I would be honest. Um, I would try to go to like Rice or UT Austin, just because it's kind of like. It, there's so many things changing in college. Like you have to learn how to study differently. You have to learn how to live on your own. But why would you, why would you like 10x the difficulty and go across the country? That is dumb. <laughs> what I did was dumb. <laughs> but um, do I regret it? No, because 
in that 10x difficulty, you get 10x better. Like, I think I'm 10x better because I had to face that and I just got it done with. And I'm like really good at living on my own and I can manage myself and it's really fine. Um, but do you want to make your life a little bit easier? Yeah, sure. You should sort of not go too far. So if I was in a state like Texas or if I lived in Chicago, like look at Chicago, you've got like Northwestern and New Chicago right, right in your uh, backyard. I think like if you're in a if you're in a situation like that, I would try to stay as close to home as possible. But Florida's different because we're, you know, you know, we didn't have too many options. So I thought I I thought I was like for the betterment of my career and like all that stuff, I decided to leave. But yeah. So you spoke about getting an inter- internship. Um so where did you mm-hmm. get that internship and how did you go about getting it? Sure. So I, I interned at two places. I, I interned at actually three places. One was, one was I worked in my school's endowment office. So, so like USC and all these other colleges, they have these huge, you know, multi-billion dollar endowments. And I worked there. And that was sort of just, I just got that because I was interested in finance. And I sort of applied and I met the lady and she's like, okay, you're smart enough. You can show up. And I did that for a semester, but I wouldn't really count that as like a real internship. That was sort of just me goofing around for a semester. Um, but it was cool and I learned a lot, but it wasn't something I wanted to do long-term. So I, I gave it up and I let some other students do it. But the two main internships I had were at Bloomberg and, and Amazon. And at Bloomberg, I, I got that through like an on-campus interview. So they, Bloomberg sort of came to our like career fair and they you know i like met them and i said okay and then they like interviewed me and i got it i got it um and then that was cool that was cool i I went to new york city for a summer and then the second internship i went to amazon and how did i get that one i sort of just applied online i applied to like 50 places maybe 100 (laughs) places i don't know and i got responses from some of them some of them i failed the interview and some of them I passed. I, and then Amazon, I passed. And I, I just took Amazon, even though I could have gone back to Bloomberg for a second summer. I said, I think it's useful to try something else. Um, so I went to Amazon and I went to Seattle. So for other people interested in computer science, what internships would you suggest they explore? And what companies do you think they should uh, apply for? Okay. Yeah, they should... Um, you should you definitely want internships because that's a really good way to get a, a full-time job. I I think the full-time interviews are a lot harder than the internship interviews. So if you can get in through the internship route, you save yourself like a lot of a lot of trouble. Yeah. Um so a lot of people I know have their job through internships. Um so that's really useful. So at you know, your senior year, you're not really like struggling to find a job you already have like one or two backups and then you can apply to more places if you want and if it doesn't work out it's okay because you have those two backups from your internships um so that's nice whether you should work at a startup or a big company um i'd say probably ideal is to like do one big company one startup and if you can do a third internship that's if like you're really smart (laughs) and you do one after your freshman year maybe you can do like another big company but i would or or like another one of either but i would say like it would be cool to mix a startup and the intern and a big company 
I didn't get an internship at a startup. So that was not something I had the opportunity to do. I worked at two big companies. Um, but yeah, they're really useful to just like get a job, get experience. You learn a lot. You sort of start applying what you do, what you learned in school, which is really good. So the experience from Amazon, was that really helpful for you when you started working at Bloomberg? Yeah, it was. It was. Amazon is a really good company. Um, you know, a credit to them because they're worth like $1.7 trillion now. Yeah. But they they are, yeah, every experience is really useful. You know, you don't want to just do one thing. Like, I think it would be really dumb to keep interning at the same company because, because like, I, I have a, I like know people who've done this and they've, they sort of like, they're sticking to like the same thing that they know and maybe they're getting more experience at that company and maybe they really like it but it's still good to like try different places and really like see what's out there because you don't know what's out there until you try it you sort of um there's like a tv show do you guys watch this avatar the last airbender show yeah i have watched that yeah yeah, yeah. So like Iro, Iro is like telling Zuko to learn about all these different like nations, right? Yeah. In one scene, this is the same idea, right? You want to like you want to have different teachers and different mentors. So going to a different company gives you that, right? You you meet people from different walks of life and you start growing. And that's not going to happen if you just stick to the same thing again and again. So, um, what was your role? What is your role at Bloomberg? And like. Is the, is the work similar to what you did during your internship with Bloomberg? No, it's not quite similar. It's it's really different, actually. And what I do at Bloomberg now. So I, I work on a, I'm a software engineer on a team. And our main product is, like, the, what my team works on is we have this software that takes your entire portfolio, whatever you own. So these different banks, they own, like, all sorts of things like mortgages, bonds, stocks, you know, different currencies, things like that. They have like huge multi-billion dollar portfolios and they run it through our system. And we sort of try to predict how much money they could lose in a day. Um, so we do risk analytics on people's portfolio. Um, and that's kind of different than what I did as an intern. As an intern, I did like some machine learning stuff. Um, so yeah, there's definitely different, like all sorts of different projects and teams at Bloomberg. I just switched teams. Actually, I used to work on a mobile app. So that just shows you like the wide array of different things, right? Like I went from doing a different, completely different language. I used to do like JavaScript. Now I do C++. Um, but again, that's because I think it's good to constantly challenge yourself and constantly like try different things till you like find what fits. The mobile app wasn't exactly what I liked. And so I just switched teams and that's one of the perks of being at a big company. You can sort of just switch teams really easily. It took me like two or three weeks and I was on a new team. So um, was this, is this code or uh, this app or something you're working on? Was it like similar to the code you made in the past that you're trying to um, develop stock? Like you're trying to find which stock fits best. Is it like, was it like kind of similar? No, it's not much. It's not very similar at all. My my own like side project was to like that I did in college. Um, it's not similar, but I would say like what is similar is like okay, I'm I'm working in the financial domain space, and I'm writing code. Other than that, there's not much similarities. It's um, 
but I, I think I enjoy it because it's like I see the application of it and I enjoy that. Um, it's not super similar. Yeah. So during your internship at Amazon and currently at Bloomberg, um, at your job at Bloomberg, how how often did you work with like machine learning and artificial intelligence? And how um, was that to the company? Part of the question. Sorry, what did you say? We can hear you. Um, so how often did I work with machine learning? Hold on, can you give me one second? Okay. So um, I just did it in that one internship. I really don't like machine learning. I don't really, it's not really like software engineering. It's kind of like a lot of data science stuff. Um, and I'm not really like interested in that that much. I, uh, but I've, I've done it before and it's uh, very, it can be fun for people, but I think it's a lot of like stuff that I don't really particularly like, but to like at a broader sense, like AI and machine learning are um, becoming larger and larger parts of tech companies. Um, and those, those fields will continue to grow as will software engineering, regular software engineering, because um, the things that need to be made are just infinite. Um, so, so do you, if you're interested in AI, is that a great field? Yeah, sure. Um, but it's just not something I'm particularly interested in. Um, so kids worry that coding is just a desk job. So what is your opinion on that? <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I do have a desk and that is my job. So, so that's, that is that I, you will work at a desk because it is really convenient to work at a desk. Um, some people work in their bed and if you ever try like writing code while like laying in bed, it's quite difficult. So it's kind of convenient to work at a desk, I would say. Um, but is it just a desk job? That's, that's a... Yeah, there's like this connotation that like some of these jobs you're just sitting at a desk for like the rest of your life. I wouldn't say that's like entirely untrue, um, but I'd say that's a lot of jobs, right? So if you want a job where you're like constantly like talking to people, running around, doing things, and like doing all of that, maybe you want to be like a doctor. Um, or something like that, or a nurse, where you're like on your feet all day. Am I on my feet all day? No. But do I just sit at my desk in quiet, in solitude? No. <laughs> um, we're constantly like, you know, designing things. We have meetings where we like create ideas, we whiteboard, draw things, we brainstorm. It's, it's, a, it's a dynamic job. It's not just sitting at a desk. That's like totally... Um, that's totally like drilling it down to just like the physicalness of it. I, I think, yeah, you will have a desk. You will work in an office, but um, it's a dynamic job. You're constantly doing different things. The, the, the landscape is constantly changing. It's probably one of the most dynamic jobs you can do in an office. Um, but if you don't want to be in an office, maybe you should work in construction or be in a hospital or do something like that. Um, but being in an office is nice, you know, there's air conditioning, there's, uh, 
there's like my my office is like free snacks um there's some nice perks to like having a desk job too i'm i'm joking a little bit but yeah so do you think everyone should learn coding to some basic level or what is the level someone should who is not playing to become a software engineer learn coding yeah probably you should probably try it you should probably take at least one or two classes i say one or two because um what if the first class your like teacher is a weirdo and you didn't like it because <laughs> of that? Um, so so maybe take two. Like if you didn't really like the first class, ask yourself, do I really not like this or is the teacher just bad? Yeah. Um, so some teachers can be like boring and unexciting and they may not like inspire you in the same way. So um, I'd say try one or two classes and then if it's if you really like it, keep doing it. Is that is that? But what if happened? you don't, sorry, what were you saying? What? Oh. Yeah, if you if you don't like it, it's okay. But you should try it out just to understand like the basics. In in one or two classes, you will not know much. <laughs> you will not know enough to like be a software yeah. engineer by any by any stretch of the imagination. But you'll have at least scratched the surface and you'll know a little bit more than you did. So So is that what happened to you? You took a couple classes, but your teacher was bad or something? So you just Oh no, I had great inspiring teachers. Okay. that that hit it off right away they were like they were awesome they were really awesome teachers but i just say that because some people I, i'm sure there's some teachers out there that aren't great i was lucky enough to have really really awesome teachers okay thank you davon for joining us today um for our second episode of the body cognition podcast we hope you all tune in for the next one thank you davon for joining us all right thanks see you